This is our final positional episode of our preseason series, Defensive Backs. I am joined by our weekly expert, the person who scored the most points at the DB position last year, Max Breeze, a.k.a. Ulysses S. Grant, and Scott Shedick, a.k.a. Darth Scott. How are y'all doing today? I'm good. Excited that baseball's back. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm doing pretty well, you know, ex- as well. Excited for baseball, basketball, <laughs> football all of it just you know just get back to, you know yeah. sports a little bit of regular life at least right exactly uh how's your draft preparation coming you guys uh chugging along you finished you halfway through you just started what a lot of back and forth um i i tinker i keep tinkering with the lists and it's not mm-hmm. uh it's not healthy doesn't feel good ready for the draft to be here um it makes me procrastinate a lot at work I'm just sitting there in between meetings like, well, you know, maybe this running back will be better this year. Oh, maybe this is going to be a breakout wide receiver. And then I read lists and I change my mind and it's, I need the draft to get here because I'm, I'm driving myself crazy. Right. Right. Shady, how about you? Um, you know, I think, I feel like I've got a lot of parts and pieces and a lot of information on uh, different positions, different players, different teams. I haven't really, I usually about the two weeks beforehand, I really start putting down a pen to paper and my actual, uh, you know, opinions and projections for certain players, because especially since we do draft pretty early, there is still, I like to see where, you know, some position battles are going to end up. And as well as, you know, just, just who's going to, who's really going to turn out and be the starter in certain positions. Cause especially when you start getting the, you know, slot receivers, third receivers, or defensive backs, uh, deep, a defensive lineman, stuff like that, things can shift around a lot during the preseason. And now, you know, with this being different, you know, I think I might wait almost about the week beforehand before I really start putting down uh, my notes for the draft. What yeah. about you? Uh, the, the, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's advantages and disadvantages to doing both, to starting early, to starting late. You start early, you start second-guessing yourself, like Max said. Uh, you start late, you might not get, uh, you know, the amount of information uh, that, that you could possibly get if you started you know in early July late June I started in late June I got every um every player that could possibly be drafted in an excel sheet uh I will say and you can call this obsessive or not but every night before I go to sleep um while I'm watching tv whatever I put myself in draft positions uh if 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 I was put in a position to draft Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan, what would I do? So let's move him in the rankings. Obviously, I wouldn't draft this guy here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's pretty much how I do the rankings. If, if it was right now in this spot, uh, who would you pick? You know, would you pick Zeke or would you pick, uh, you know, Kamara? And so you move them up and down, and uh, I, I put myself in those positions nightly, and um, – you know, I probably won't be putting those positions in on draft day or you know, a lot of them, but um, that's how my rankings go. And, and uh, you know, I'm prepared for anything. 
come come August uh, August eighth, August eighth or yeah August eighth. Uh, so yeah, let's move this uh, right along. Let's talk about the COVID nineteen as it pertains to the NFL preseason. Seems that they have agreed on zero preseason games, which is good. Right before the podcast, looks like uh, they they shook on that, which is a huge 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 step in making this NFL season start on time. And it's really, really good news. Um, How do you guys feel about everything going off without a hitch uh, for this year's NFL season? Max? Dude, week one is going to be ugly. I mean, like, week one always is a little nuttier, you know, but with no no preparation whatsoever, I think, like, the the whole – um, our rookies going to be fantasy relevant this year because you know they haven't had as much time with the teams and now they're not going to have a preseason. I might buy into that a little bit more. I know that there's been articles about that left and right. Some people are like, oh, I'm all for it. And others are saying it's not going to matter at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the number one thing is I'm really worried how week one games will look. That being said, if this is what makes the football season happen, great. I'm all for it. Whatever. Give me the ugly week one games. Just give them to me right now. So how many plays do you think, let's just say hypothetically, Tom Brady would run in the preseason if it was, there was no COVID-19? Oh, 20-ish. But the, the preseason isn't important for Tom Brady. Now, maybe okay. this season it would be, but the preseason is immensely important for Jerry Judy. It's immensely important for, you know, people that are trying to make a roster, earn a roster spot, maybe earn a starting spot. Um, it also, I mean, the amount of injuries that happen in preseason, to me, that just carries over to week one. I think we're going to see a ton of injuries week one because people have gone a full, more than a full calendar year. Um, well, not quite a full calendar year. Either way, they've gone a very long time without taking any hits or giving any hits. You know what I mean? And so you got to imagine there's some defensive players that are going out there excited, looking to lay people out. I think it's going to be penalties all over the place injuries all over the place um yeah i think it's going to have a major effect okay i mean the way i look at it is with rookies and everything i think they're a little bit more fresh i don't think this is going to have as big of an impact on the regular season as you might think i mean i I hate to compare two sports but you look at baseball the baseball thus far has looked pretty you know, sharp. I mean, people have stayed in shape. People have stayed uh, on top of their game. They're practicing private, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, this is their career. This is their professionals. This is their life. They've done it since they were young. Um, so to get out there and do it is is their job. I mean, we're not going to just see Tom Brady throwing ducks all over the place. We're not going to see Patrick Mahomes not, you know, know the assignments. Oh, if I only had those 20 preseason games or preseason snaps. Um, you're right. For rookies to get NFL acclimated, uh, Jerry Judy and these receivers and even defenders, um, yeah, I mean, maybe that does have an effect, but maybe, you know, we'll never be able to argue this back and forth. Maybe they stay healthy. Maybe you had, you know, people that I'll talk about later in this podcast who didn't play their rookie year because they were injured in the preseason. So, you know, it it goes both ways. Shedek, do you have any thoughts on the shortened or – absent preseason well it's definitely going to make hard knocks a lot more boring (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i mean we'll see you know you you, you have no idea 
Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you don't it's know. HBO. I mean, HBO is not going to fail. I just, I, I think, you know, I, I'm always a little down on rookies to begin with because I, I like to see, you know, what you can do, uh, you know, prove to me kind of basically first. Um, and I know that in our league, oh, rookies tend to go kind of high, I feel like. You know, there's always uh, a few people that will take a reach, like Brad, for a big rookie that I'm like, and I'm just like, oh, is that guy going to be anything this year? And he's like, nah, probably not for like another two years. But, you know, someone takes some really. I think this year that might change that a little bit because I think most people will be a little cautious of rookies. But I think there's still a lot of uh, rookies, especially like on the defensive side of the ball, uh, that can come in and make an impact right away, regardless of having a huge preseason or things like that. Because they are still going to have an offseason, so they'll still be working. Mm-hmm. It's just to me, I think what down what is downgraded really are uh, big positional uh, players in new systems. Uh, Rivers and the Colts for me. Uh, that that's a downgrade for me now. Uh, even Tom Brady in, in the in the Bucks. That's a bit of a downgrade for me because it's just it's just something new for him. And I honestly that upgrades Gronk for me because he's going to see a familiar face. Who has he thrown five million passes to? Not anybody else out there. So th- things like that. You know, just uh, new systems really is the biggest worry for me over rookies. Yeah, I mean they will get their work in. They will get practices. But you're right. You're not seeing it against the against anybody that doesn't know what's coming. So uh, it is something to definitely uh, take into consideration when we, when we head into our draft in two weeks. Can you guys believe it's two weeks away? Um, oh, God. Yeah, right. It's, uh, it's been a long, long, <laughs> long off season. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, but today we are talking about DBs. Um, so what, do you look for in a DB? What is your make or break statistic that gets you excited for a player? Uh, DBs in particular, Shedig, let me know what you think. Honestly, this is probably one of the trickiest positions to look at for, uh, to try to project who's going to be a, a, a breakout player the next year, because you really can't just look at the last year, last couple years and be like, Oh, this guy will be a top guy again. You mentioned in the last show, uh, about Logan Ryan that, you know, Clay, I don't think anybody had him. And then Clay picked him up in like week three or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like a lot of what Clay was saying last week about Washington waiver wires has, has a lot more to do with the DBs than the defensive linemen or linebackers uh, because it's, it's tricky. It's, it's a, it's more of an art than a, than a science. In fact that, you know, you got to find a safety that's good yet quarterbacks aren't avoiding every single play. You got to find a corner that's good, but not the one that is on an island like Revis. You got to find the guy on the other side of him that is going to get, you know, 10 tackles a game. Seven of them are just like pushing the line, the wide receiver out of bounds or something. And then maybe he get, does get a lucky pick off of a tip pass or something like that. But it, that, and that's, you know, that's usually your back two guys and you got one star player that can really bring up, bring your defense to another level. And that star player is what I'm saying is usually the harder guy to find um, unless you're going to spend a lot of draft capital on them, which if you look back at past drafts, doesn't play out for a lot of people. Usually yeah. I, I've, I've been burned on that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very tricky position to look at, but it's very important because I think it can, it can make or break your week on either basically getting like zero points from three guys or getting about 20 to 30. Yep, absolutely. Max, what do you what do you think? I I look for either talent, which is drafted higher, or opportunity, which is usually not drafted quite as high. Um, when I talk about talent, I'm obviously talking about guys like Jamal Adams, Minka Fitzpatrick, Harrison Smith, 
um, you know, the, those guys that you expect to lead their defense from the secondary, you know, like those are the guys that are going to go in the top eight to 10 rounds. And it's usually the first or second defensive player you take. That's a big investment. The other one for me is opportunity, and it's not just that they're starting. Every team has a starting free safety. Every team has a starting uh, strong safety and corners and everything. They all have the same positions in the secondary. The important thing is if you look at the last couple of years' stats, first of all, um, uh, just like I did with kickers, I went in for defensive backs and I looked at what their points were made up of. And no surprise – 61% of the top 25 defensive backs from last season, um, 61% of their points came from tackles. You know what I mean? Like, and tackles is a hard stat to chase down unless you start looking at a couple specific outliers. For instance, Eric Reed, Buda Baker, they were uh, defensive backs two and three last season. You look at guys like Eric Harris for Las Vegas, um, Tracy Walker for Detroit, who only played, 12 games for the Lions or only started 12 games for the Lions last year, still a top 25 defensive back, Trey Flowers, uh, Sean Williams for Cincinnati. Cincinnati had two safeties in the top 25 defensive backs. And a big thing there is opportunity. Their offense Mm -hmm. sucked balls. And those safeties, everybody on that team had to make so many tackles. So give me a defensive back that can wrap somebody up on a terrible team. Uh, to me, that is – those are the guys we don't think about because they're not as talented as the Harrison Smith and, hell, Jordan Poyer has been a guy the last couple of years. But um, I've got a couple players as we're going through the divisions where, to me, it's all about their team's not very good and they're going to get a lot of tackles. Interceptions is a difficult thing to predict. Fumbles yeah. forced is a difficult thing to predict. If I can chase tackles, I'm going to feel pretty good about my secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of interceptions, like you said, you know, very tough is kind of like what I was saying was once they have a really good year, it's kind of like Huck was saying with the edge rusher in the last episode, once they have a great year, the next year, everybody's just going to be like, all right, well, this guy's not going to beat us, whatever happens. And then they're almost obsolete fantasy-wise. You know, it's like Revis, you know, he wasn't – he was an amazing football player, but he was terrible at fantasy because everybody should be like, I'm not throwing over there. Fuck that. So – one thing that I'm doing this year that I have not done in years past um, that I think is just a smart move and uh, is is better in the long run is I am not going to rank nor am I going to draft a corner at all. Really? Really. I'm I've not- done that before. That's not necessarily as safety as you think. I went all. I used to go all safeties. And that's not always the case because, like I said, there are corners that get great, like they catch it and they just touch them and push them out of bounds, uh, like Marcus Peters last year. He wasn't that great of a corner, but he got a lot of tackles from that, from that bullshit, from just little tackles. And you get, you know, eight, ten points a game and maybe do one other thing. But I, I'm just saying corners aren't the, the devil. DB is the one fantasy – uh, or actually cornerback is the one fantasy position that you only get points if you are bad. Now, if you get past deflections, picks, people are going to stop throwing your way. 
if people throw your way, so we talked about Logan Ryan last year and how good he was, et cetera, et cetera. Logan Ryan got a lot of work. Okay. He wasn't making all his tackles in the box. People were throwing at Logan Ryan. Uh, do you think people are going to come in with a game plan to throw at Logan Ryan this year? Yes. With, and you may be right. You may be right. Maybe that no matter what team or what situation he's on, Logan Ryan, there people are just going to be like, well, let's throw at him. But Max, I mean, you may be right. He was not good last year or he wasn't good in coverage. So let's throw at him again. But it's the one position in football where it's like, okay, you're getting a bunch of tackles because you're getting attacked. I remember having, I mean, rookie corners. Rookie corners get a lot of tackles because people attack rookie corners. Uh, we don't draft people like Josh Norman. We don't uh, do, um, what's his name, from the that just got traded to the, uh, the Rams. No, oh. he just got traded to the Rams from the Jaguars. He's the best corner in football. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. We don't yeah. draft Jalen Ramsey. Why don't we draft these people? Because they're just island people on an island who get three picks a year because they don't get thrown at i don't know man the the minute we changed past deflections from one point to a point and a half i think that exclusively buffed cornerbacks if and you, you I, right. if you look uh, at corners from I, last year right, he's so right though it keeps it keeps them off we would have to do something like percentage of throw of throws made in the game and how many didn't go their way kind of thing or something there's no such I know. I just eventually, like that's what always happens. It's like the edge rusher, like you're saying. You know, they'll just put two guys on him, and he's out of the game. He's, he's mm -hmm. done, basically. Right. You know, it's just a thing. I, I so Tre'Davious White is somebody I think that if you're facing Buffalo, that's the number one thing you game plan around. Don't throw it near Tre'Davious White. But talent mm -hmm. won out. He was still a top fifteen defensive back. He still got six picks, seventeen pass deflections. He was one of those guys that didn't live off of tackles. So. I'm okay with like, – I, I would for sure draft corners this year. My corner list is shorter than my safety list, to your point, because I like to chase tackles. Yeah. Right. But pass deflections is a huge boost. And like I said, that usually slants corners. Pass there deflections are covered interceptions. There are coverage safeties. There, there are, are safeties, uh, and I'll talk about it you know, as we go along, but there are safeties who you won't see in the box um, that you're mainly going to see play center field. I mean, it's the same as corners. They have the same opportunity for pass deflections, and but, you really can't hide from them. You can't hide. But from there them. are cor there are corners that uh, that blitz on like for sacks and stuff on, on on things like that, and there are ones that don't. Way more rare than safeties. Way more rare than safeties. Um, anyway, play. anyway, yeah, that's my one thing. But what I'm looking for is not only not being a corner, um, but is somebody. I know Max says tackles. I think I personally go the opposite way. And I know, uh, you know, Max got first in safeties last year. And I think I was dead last. I think that was a lot <laughs> due to injuries. Um, but I disagree. And I think that there, uh, that you need a player with flash, a player that can be uh, super multifaceted and not only uh, play coverage, cover the tight end, et cetera, play that center field position. Um, but also tackle people in the box. And in addition, we'll be uh, sent on the blitz. I need a safety who can get a sack um, and can be in that zone. Uh, those are the ones that I enjoy having. I think if you have the sack, if you have the force fumble opportunity, if you have the pick, you know, whatever, you have a better chance 
a more consistent chance to get points week in and week out. So that's personally what I look for. That's what I get excited in a player is the sack in particular. Every safety is going to get uh, picks, pass deflections, tackles, et cetera. But the sack is something that's uh, a little bit more rare uh, when it comes to safeties. It, it puts them in another opportunistic uh, position. Yeah, um, absolutely. If they're in, you know, because I've seen it where, yeah, they go in the blitz, but the defensive end got there first, popped the ball out, safety mm-hmm. grabs it. You know, it, it just puts them in another position to make make a play. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's let's dive in here. Let's get into um, our defensive rankings. We're going to go by division, just like every other divisional episode that we've had. We'll go ahead and start with the AFC North. Max, do you have a DB from the FCC? It, AFC North that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. So a uh, guy that I had on my team last year, and I think is he switched teams, and now I think he has the potential to be the number one defensive back this season, is Von Bell. Hmm. Von Bell got signed by the Cincinnati Bengals, which I've been pretty clear throughout the podcast so far. I don't believe in their offensive line this year. Um, I might be being too harsh, but I still expect them to get five wins, maybe six, best case scenario. And like I said earlier, it's a perfect storm. Like uh, on that, for Von Bell, you get talent and opportunity. He was great on the Saints last year. Saints were a great team with a lot of playmakers on defense, and he still stood out. He was still a top 15 defensive back last season. So now you throw him in there to replace Jesse Bates, which that's my assumption based off of they're paying Von Bell uh, $6 million a year. They're paying Sean Williams, their strong safety, uh, something like $4 million a year, and Jesse Bates is still on a rookie contract. I imagine they'll still get playing time, but you don't sign somebody like Von Bell to stick him in center field and, and nickel packages. You know what I mean? I, I don't see – I personally don't see Sean Williams playing. That's, that's my – uh, view. I, I think it's going to be a Jesse Bates Von Bell show at, at safety. That, that's, that was my thought too. But I mean, I think also it's a lot of teams are loading up on good defensive backs just so you can play a great nickel basically and they'll kind of rotate a little bit. But there will be two starters. I was thinking Von Bell and Jesse Bates. But interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, the only thing that's surprising to me about that is, is that Sean Williams has been productive for them for the last two seasons. Actually, in 2018, Sean Williams was the number one defensive back in our league. So, um, and they mostly got there because he tackles people, plays for Cincinnati and got a bunch of picks. Um, either way, Von Bell is in a great position to score a shitload of points in that defense. Um, honorable mention for me, a guy named Chuck Clark plays for the Ravens, had 73 tackles, a pick and a fumble force last season, uh, got more playing time as the season went on and eventually became somebody that Yahoo projected to get seven or eight points a week. Um, He's not going to be on anybody's leaderboard or anything like that, but he's worth considering as a safety for the Ravens. Right. Scott, what do you think? That was actually who I was going to start off with was Chuck Clark. He's uh, he's one of the guys that like Huck was talking about. He he will come into the box. He, he's the guy, he's like the safety that I like to see if when you're in a goal line formation, you have one safety, he, he's the guy out there because he can really, he can really make a play. So that he does make some really good tackles and stuff. So, and has good, uh, extracurriculars as far as force fumbles, sacks, things like that. So I think he's going to really blow up this year, actually, for a Ravens defense that is kind of missing a playmaker right now um, mm-hmm. ever since they lost C.J. Mosley. Also, I'm over the Steelers, um, 
I think that Minka is going to be one of those guys that quarterbacks are just going to avoid completely. And so it's going to be up to either Terrell Edmonds or Joe Hayden uh, to make a play, which Joe Hayden's a corner, which he is our number one corner, but people still throw him at at him all the time because he gives a good cushion, but has has good closing speed and gets a lot of tackles. Got a good amount of uh, uh, interceptions last year and a touchdown as well. So he can make some plays, which is really nice. I think those two, two big DBs for AFC North to talk about right now, though. How do you feel? So it's crazy because I was going to talk about Jesse Bates three. Um, I, I think he does get playing time. If you think that he's not going to get playing time, uh, then, you know, that's, that's obviously something that we're disconnecting on there. But uh, I think as far as Jesse Bates three is concerned, the Bengals G is going to be on the field a lot this year. Um, whether you think Joe yep. Burrow uh, is on it or that offense is going to be successful or not. Uh, if you look through this defense, you're not going to see a lot of names except for the safeties um, that jump out of you. So like Bell and and Bates and maybe Sean Williams. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but but these safeties have to step up and be captain and leader of this defense. So he's a coverage guy. You're not going to see a lot of sacks out of Jesse Bates, but he will get tackles. Um, he's had had over 100 tackles the last two seasons. He's in his third year. Uh, so I, in my opinion, I think he would be a good, uh, low end DB two, a, uh, or a good solid DB three for somebody's, uh, for somebody's team. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's go ahead and move to the always exciting AFC East. Max, do you have a player for that division? Uh, I do. So it's a corner. His name okay. is Levi Wallace for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Levi Wallace does, he, so you mentioned, okay, like if there's a good corner, people are going to try and avoid him. I don't think that's possible um, 100% of the time, especially, you know, a defense can line up a corner a million different ways. I think Tredavious White is still going to get targeted. He's still going to get picks. He's still going to get points. But Levi Wallace didn't get as many pass deflections. Um, only two picks last season, but 76 tackles. And that's something I like to see out of a corner. Um, especially if if he can put up those kind of points. Like he was still a good week-in, week-out corner, somebody worth starting from a fantasy perspective last year. But with only two picks and nine pass deflections playing in Buffalo, you know what I mean? Like just as far as random shit happening, he didn't get any of it last season. So I think he's a really talented corner. Um, it, it has He's somebody that I faced a lot in Madden. Um, but other than that, I, I think he still gets the tackles. There's still a lot of potential for him to end up being a top 15 guy. Aside from him, sorry, I'm, I have two guys for most of these divisions. Right. So I'm Go ahead. a little greedy. Marcus yeah. May, safety for the Jets. Mm-hmm. I think the Jets suck, and I think there's going to be a Cincinnati Bengals safety effect for Marcus May this season, especially if all this drama with Jamal Adams – you know, if so, Jamal Adams isn't on the field, Marcus May is the best safety they have, and they're going to rely on him to make 100-plus tackles back there. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, Shedick, AFC East, what do you think? No, I completely agree. The, the drama with Jamal Adams and the Jets is uh, – it, it's abysmal because it just he, – he's my usual go-to early draft DB guy is Jamal Adams. He's just so solid, and he's, he's consistent and can make the big splash play at any moment. So it's it's sad to see all that happening because I think he he's, he's dropped off my my draft board for quite a few rounds just because there's a lot of uncertainty around him right now. He says he's going to play uh, things like that, but 
who knows? Adam Gase is a terrible coach, so you never know what kind of awful decision he'll try to drive them into the ground next yet with. So, <coughs> but yeah. him aside, uh, uh, the Bills' defensive backfield is pretty awesome. I like to say, with, with Tredavious White and uh, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are both really solid, consistent guys. I just like DBs in Buffalo because it's a very windy city. If you put it, if you put a long pass up there, it'll float like a duck. And if you if you don't have a really strong arm, and so that's the chances of that happening are, are even higher now that Brady's gone. So it's you know if Stidham goes up there to play for the Bills, I'm really betting on a uh, a lot of Bills interceptions. You know, because I don't think Cam Newton's going to last at all. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, of course, the Patriots uh, DBs, like we were saying in the last episode pretty much steal the show from all the linebackers. Um, Devin McCourty is amazing. And uh, new guy, Adrian Phillips, should actually have a really good year too. But, Huck, how do you feel about the AFCs? I feel like I've said too much. So, I want to talk about Jamal Adams also. So, I've been very vocal in the past saying that I will never draft shitheads. I don't like shitheads. I don't like people who cause stir in the media. You guys know more details about what's going on? All I ever read much is just like he's offended by something and they won't get... He just doesn't want to be on the Jets. He doesn't like Adam Gase. Uh, He wants to be traded. He listed off a a list of teams that he wanted to be traded to. Um, All those teams were asked to comment on what they would give up for Jamal Adams and all of them, even Jamal Adams, I think is probably the most talented safety in the NFL. Nobody said I'm willing to give up a one next year. I mean, it's just not good timing. Maybe if you said this back in, you know, uh, I don't think he went out it very well. Last year. No, it's terrible. And he's acting like a child. Um, So, so anyway, in no way will I ever touch anyone like Jamal Adams. Probably ever again. Okay, so when Clay's licking his chops right now. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get him in the tenth. <laughs> sure, sure. And then it's a, it could it very well be an Antonio Brown situation where everybody's like, oh, "Okay, if I can get Antonio Brown to play for me for two or three weeks, it's worth it drafting him in the twelfth, thirteenth rounds, even if he just sits down or he has a bunch of problems. As long as I can get him on the field for two or three weeks, that's not worth it to me. I don't want to be at question. I don't want to wake up Sunday morning being like." I don't know. Am I going to have to replace Jamal Adams? You know, did he, did he say some shit about his coach or his owner again or whatever? You just don't know. Um, also, when is anything, when is this it, talk like this or any of this TMZ bullshit ever turned into fancy production? Think Le'Veon Bell. This is very close to a very, like a Le'Veon Bell type situation where TMZ is posting all this stuff. Um, there was a, uh, a little uh, kid uh, that yelled at him. There's this guy who is yelling at Jamal Adams while he's driving away from the stadium and said, come to the Cowboys, bro. And he says, I'm trying. Uh, and of course, TMZ jumped all over it. But it's just that kind of talk. It's just that kind of whatever. Uh, that just leads me to believe that every single week we're going to be talking about Jamal Adams, what's he, what's the status for today's game, et cetera, et cetera. That's just not worth the, the potential of 12, 13, 14 points that he could probably uh, probably get for you. Um, Cowboys said straight up they're not going to give up a first-round pick, and if you think the Jets 
are going to, uh, you know, take anything less than a first round pick. You're crazy. But, uh, but yeah. All right. So let's keep going. AFC South. Uh, Max, what do you got? So I don't love talking about Colts, but I got to say, uh, Kari Willis, safety for the Colts. He is a very uh, enticing option for this year. So towards the end of last season, I, he didn't start the season as a starter, or if he did, he was hurt. I can't remember the details behind it, but I know that every week from like week 10 on, the guy was more and more involved in their offense uh, to the point where weeks 15 and 16 last season, he had double digit tackles in both games. You know, like he was just the captain of that offense and it wasn't, some of it was in the run. I think he had a couple pass deflections in each game too. Um, he's, he could be a breakout breakout stud this year in the like looking like another Jordan Poyer, another um, uh, Von Bell, somebody along those lines. So I really like him. Aside from that, I'm, you know, I'm sure Huck's going to talk about Ronnie Harrison. He knows all about him for Jacksonville and Adore Jackson. I know he gets drafted every year from the Titans as a, he's a corner for the Titans and doesn't get a whole lot of tackles. Um, he's supposedly their best returner. But, you know, return stats are kind of inconsistent unless uh, it's that guy from the Chiefs. So, but he's, he's always somebody interesting to watch. He'll be added by three different people this season, hoping they'll hit a return home run. Um, still just, he's a player of interest. But yeah, my big guy for the AFC South is Kari Willis. Okay. All right. Yeah, I am going to talk about Ronnie Harrison real quick, if you don't mind. No, uh, go ahead. I mean... <laughs> Why? Uh, because I think this division is pretty dry of safeties, in my opinion. I think it's Bjard, Justin Reed, Bard. and uh, Harrison, but the rest are kind of undraftable. You know, I like that Max, you know, wants to put his... Kenny Moore. Uh, yeah, well, you know, so I, I had Ronnie Harrison for most of last year, um, and he does show the ability uh, th that I like, which is save in safeties, which is picking up a sack. So the Jaguars have shown a lot of confidence, not only Harrison, but other DBs uh, to be able to be in the box and blitz. And I think the tra trade of Jalen Ramsey and Bouye leaving, um, he might have to stay in coverage a little bit more this year, but he still has the ability to pick up that sack. He's also in his third year. Um, and I like the third year for safeties. I think that they've learned a lot about their defense um, and, and their stock definitely rises and is not dropping by that third year. So, Shedek, what do you got for AFC South? Well, I, I think starting with the Jaguars, uh, talking about uh, what you're saying with Ronnie Harrison, the big thing is uh, A.J. Bowie and Jalen Ramsey were both helped a lot by having a great pass rush. Uh, mm -hmm. That helps any any DB, and they still have some great uh, linemen, especially if Nagakwe does play. Um, so, you know, regardless of who the corners are, I think you can still make a lot of plays, still come into the box and get those sacks, things like that, especially with Schobert being – uh, there too, but uh, for I I do love seeing Biard. He's fun to he's he's fun to say Biard. Biard. <laughs> you know it's a, it's a good time and he's he's pretty consistent for me. He's he's a very consistent safety and he has been for years, which is very nice because getting those games because there are a lot of safeties like like I said there's only kind of one safety on each team that's worth drafting, which means the other one is completely useless. So there's a lot of DBs out there that like you don't want to get three or zero points 
out of. Uh, mm -hmm. Justin Reed, I think, for the Texans is a lot of fun to play. Just, you know, being here in Houston, uh, rooting for a home team. He makes a lot of plays. He comes into the box, is sure tackler, rack, wraps up. That's uh, – it's always – like I said, it's, it's not necessarily always interceptions because they're hard to predict. Tackles are something you can, you can kind of bet on, though, which is very nice. I completely agree about Justin Reed, by the way. I, I didn't bring him up because he was the obvious one, but I, I think he's the best best safety in the division. And I got to say, man, as a Texans fan, I really wanted the Texans to sign Eric Reed this year so we could have the Reed brothers in the secondary. Eric Reed was the number two defensive back um, from a fantasy scoring perspective last season. I think that would have been awesome. I, I don't think Eric Reed is playing for a team right now. Yeah, that, I mean, that would well, be tough. Well, I just didn't also say Sorry, uh, if you, I don't think the Texans are big on kneeling, so I think Eric Reed doesn't really fit that. that, um, uh, that the only scene. thing, the other thing I want to add was, you know, obviously Logan uh, Logan Ryan is a free agent still, mm -hmm. so you know, where do you any thoughts on where he's going to land? Uh, I've heard a few rumors, but I don't, I don't think any of them are going to be uh, out. One of them was the Jet. I was like, maybe if they get rid of Jamal, I, I, I heard Eagles for Eagles. Logan Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they do need help over there, so that is an option. Um, yeah, all right, let's 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 try AFC West. Max, do you have somebody for the AFC West? Oh, man, I am, I'm stealing from 2019 Shettig, um, Juan Thornhill. Ooh. He's, yeah, yeah, Juan Thornhill. Shettig called it last year, and he didn't have a crazy breakout year, but, you know, Chiefs were Chiefs were the team that were on red zone at all times. I, I'm sure, aside from the Texans, all of us saw more Chiefs games than anything else, not including the playoffs. Um, and Juan Thornhill made some standout plays. You know, it's not a defense that's going to be on the field a whole hell of a lot, but I could see if Juan Thornhill gets 80 tackles, a pick or two, maybe a fumble force, fumble recovered here and there, um, he's going to be you know, a top 20 defensive back. It's not flashy. He's not going to be one of the best guys in the league, but he definitely has a lot of talent, especially if he can get snaps on the Chiefs, you know. Um, so he's my number one guy that I, I'm looking at. Aside from that, it would be Desmond King. Uh, I think Brad is the Desmond King guy. He drafts Desmond King every year. Um, Desmond King in 2018 was the number one defensive player. He's obviously an incredible returner. If he keeps returning this year, then he has a shot to be, you know, a top five defensive back. Aside from that, throw in a pick six here and there. He's only going to get you 40 or 50 tackles, but right. he's a run threat every week. So, All right. Shedding, Shedding. what do you got for yeah. MC West? No, I, I completely agree with uh, Juan Thornhill because I think Tyron Matthew is kind of aging, and so he, it's really a big opportunity for Thornhill to make some plays there. Uh, I'm actually really excited for Justin Simmons over in the Broncos. Um, I think that they're going to have a pretty good pass rush. I think Von Miller should come back strong this year. Um, and he's he should make, make a lot of plays. He showed, he showed some promise a little bit with some tackling and things like that. But I think he should uh, uh, really uh, be able to make a lot of plays off of that pass rush, like I said, compared to like the Jags, things like that. Huck, what do you think about the AFC West? So... My guy is a guy that's never played down in the NFL yet, uh, a guy named Jonathan Abrams. Um, you might have seen him. He was a Hard Knocks darling from last year. He was like the flashiest guy on Hard Knocks, uh, the rookie guy that got paid the most. 
Um, he didn't ever make it to the regular season, but I think this guy has promised to be one of the better safeties in the league, to be honest. Um, you can have him for pretty much nothing in the draft. Uh, and he's also shown the ability that I like, which can he can sack and pick up and pick at Mississippi State uh, and where he went to college. So he's definitely somebody to watch. Um, I am a big fan of – I know – People, uh, you know, are, are scared of injuries and shy away from injuries. Um, if the NFL has never seen you because of an injury, I still think you have an opportunity to show yourself as long as it's not a nagging injury that's chased you through high school and college. Um, so I think Abram um, could really be somebody that, that steps it up. Uh, hey, didn't, did you watch Hard Knocks last year? Yeah. Did you not hate that guy? Because, like, I hated that guy. Yeah. I, I wasn't happy when he got injured. I don't remember who, who it was. He was the guy um, when they're out at lunch. Derek Carr takes the whole team out to lunch, and he's sitting there, like, prodding Derek Carr about his big contract, and it's incredibly uncomfortable. He's like, yeah, you make all that money, huh? Yeah, you're going to pay for this because you you make it, all that money. What's it the, the guy that's like having all that money? He drove, like, a Benz. It was, he, he was, like, the richest guy he he it's like he got his paycheck from the raiders and spent it all so he could be flashy like usually yeah usually you see like a joe flacco or something show up at training camp in like this beat up old taurus or some kind of like car like joe flacco said this is the first car i've ever bought for myself like he's been growing up poor and whatever johnson abram came i don't know if he came for money or what but he came to training camp in like a mercedes wore like all the bling like was very flashy and whatever. So yes, he is easily hated. Uh, that doesn't mean he can't be a very productive member of the Raiders this year, who will be on defense a lot. So anyway, let's move. Let's move on to the NFC. NFC North. Max, do you have an NFC North player you want to talk about? So, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to dive into dive into deep. But Harrison Smith, Eddie Jackson has to be near the top of everybody lists. Everybody's lists. They're immensely talented on great defenses, and they, you know, Eddie Jackson doesn't lead his respective defense, but he definitely leads the secondary. Um, that being said, my number one guy that I'm interested in from this division is Tracy Walker from Detroit. Detroit was another one of those teams last season that was on the field a lot and it gave their secondary a lot of tackles because they sucked. They didn't win very many games. Most of Walker's points from last year, which by the way, he was defensive back number 23 last year, um, which means he's a DB2. The interesting thing about that is he was, he was defensive back number 23 through 12 games. He only started for 12 games. Um, they had they traded away Quandre Diggs, I think, week four, and Tracy Walker got, got put in and started 12 games. DB number 23, 80% of his points came from tackles alone. Um, he only had one pick. So if he's able to get that many tackles starting 12 games in Quandre Diggs' spot without picks, without any of those random unpredictable stats, um, I, I like him as a top 10 defensive back this year. He gets – he gets to the spot that he needs to be. Um, I don't expect Detroit to be as bad now that Stafford's healthy, but uh, he clearly – Tracy Walker gets tackles. You know, like I, it's somebody I'm very interested in having on my team this year. Chetik, what about you? NFC North. My two guys, I mean, yeah, I think there's the obvious, like you said, Harrison Smith. Uh, he's going to make a lot of plays. 
but my two main guys, uh, Kyle Fuller over the Bears, I think also this is one of those things like you're going to – they're going to be terrible and they're, the defense is going to be on the field all day. So he's going to have a lot of opportunities uh, to just make tackles really. He's not necessarily making amazing plays, but he's just on the field all day. It's like they – you know, they'll get a first down, but he made the tackle. So it's like it's, it's fine. They're still terrible, but he's racking up points on a consistent basis. The other guy for me is Adrian Amos over in the Packers. I think he's going to make a lot of plays over there. I think uh, that's just another place just like the just like Buffalo to me is just – it's a windy city. It's the, it's hard to play there in the winter. It's hard to throw there if you don't have a strong arm. Like, there's a lot of opportunities for DBs to make plays uh, and on just poor, poor throws and ducks, really. And that's uh, – that's, I like those opportunities for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about the NFC North? So I'm going to talk about one player in particular, somebody that's pretty popular to everybody, and that's going to be Harrison Smith. So I've talked about the arch of a NFL player, especially NFL safety, and it reaches an apex, uh, and then it comes down. I feel like Harrison Smith is going to reach this apex soon. He's a super popular guy because he had, again, a sack. 11 pass deflections, three interceptions, three fumble force, two fumble recoveries. He stacks up the counting stats, which everybody loves. Uh, but he's he's getting a little bit older. He's been in the league for a while, which is which is a good thing in in some ways. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's reached that 30 30 mark. I think he's going on 31, um, and I, I believe that he's going to be drafted in the top five of safety. Uh, somebody's going to spend a 10-11 pick on Harrison Smith uh, when I think that there's a lot of people in that 14-15 range that will outscore him. So, uh, yeah, I think Harrison Smith is going to be a good safety, but I think uh, you can definitely get more bang for your buck than drafting uh, Harrison Smith as one of your top guys. So, yeah. Um, let's move on to the NFC East. Shedding, what do you think of the NFC East? To me, that it's another situation with the terrible team. I still think the Giants are going to turn the ball over a lot, and Jabril Peppers and James Bradbury should eat up a lot of tackles, uh, but just by simply being on the field a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys' backfield. Um, they're still running with HaHa over there. He's getting pretty old. Um but again, the uh, Washington Sentinels are another one of those terrible teams. Like you know, like you know, like I was saying. I mean, Landon Collins kind of fuller can just kind of scoop up a, a lot of uh, stats. And Washington hey, football what? team, please. What's that? Washington football team is the name of the team, not the Sentinels. Anyway, go on. Not yet, at least. But. Um, yeah, WFT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, for me, those kind of main guys to look at and teams to look at for me in the NFC East. Max, okay. what do you what do you think about? So I like what you're saying about the Giants. I also don't expect the Giants to be very good. I don't think they'll be as bad as as a lot of people are projecting them to be, just because Saquon is Saquon. Um, but I think they're going to be bad. So with that in mind. Xavier McKinney, their safety, their rookie safety, um, they traded up to get him in the second round, and he was the captain of the Alabama defense last year. 
He had 95 tackles, three sacks, and three picks in 13 games. Those are stupid numbers for a team that had the ball. Like, they, they, they led in time of possession more often than not. So, I mean, if that guy's on the field, he's making plays. And I think that's going to be huge. I think he's going to be like, a, like the new Landon Collins for them. Um, speaking of Landon Collins, I like him for the Redskins too, especially as a team that I think everybody expects them to be a between five and eight win team. They'll have a lot of time. Uh, the defense will have a lot of time on the field. So, And Landon Collins is always good for tackle numbers and will get you fumble forced and other – unpredictable numbers beyond that but yeah my number one from this is for sure Xavier McKinney I, I think he's going to be a huge fantasy player even as a rookie Huck what do you think uh, NFC East man this podcast is so much fun last week I had Isaiah Simmons just clay just you know shit all over you know somebody that I thought uh, <laughs> might be in my back pocket you know for the later rounds and this week, you you mentioned Xavier McKinney. Out of every other safety, you have Jabril Peppers, you have uh, Landon Collins, you have you know other all other safeties that you could talk about. Anybody from the the Ha Ha Clinton Dicks. Anyway, you talk about Xavier McKinney. Um, one question I want to leave this off with: Who's the best safety you've ever seen in your life, Max? Uh, Troy Polamalu. Troy Polamalu. Uh, Shedig, what's the who's the best safety you've ever seen in your life? You know it's Troy Palmol. Troy Palmol. He, he, he knew the play before the ball was snapped. He would start a play down on the box, and as soon as the ball snapped, he would turn and run the other way, it, it, it sprinting and get an interception. It, it was it was a beautiful thing to watch. Right. right. Yes. Um, one of the ways I prepare for uh, for the NFL season, and this is every position, is watching film on certain players that I know I've never seen before. Obviously things stick in your memory. Uh, you know, I've watched Tom Brady throw the ball a thousand times. I've watched, uh, you know, all these players, uh, you know, I watched uh, McCaffrey run the ball last year and just absolutely murder people. Um, I've watched a lot of these defensive players just make absolutely crazy plays, break tackles, et cetera, et cetera. But I haven't seen a lot of these college players play. So I go and watch, uh, films that were probably spliced together by somebody at their college that, you know, was, was obsessed with the college team. If you go and watch Xavier McKinney's film, it is amazing. He is, has the potential to be the best safety in the NFL. Uh, how there were other safeties drafted above him, I don't know. I've tried to research why Grant Delpit of LSU was drafted above him, why uh, I think there was another safety taken in the first round above him. I have no idea because Xavier McKinney – Like toughness of schedule, so they're like, oh, well, he played better opponents. and LSU whatever. versus Alabama. We're, we're not – I mean, no, not in this case. Um, Delpit was taken first round by the Browns. Xavier McKinney dropped to the site. Well, I'm sure the there, Giants were like, there, there's your explanation right there. It's don't, don't worry about the, what the Browns are drafting. It's usually a good reason to go in the other direction. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, maybe you're right, but uh, Xavier McKinney, I think in my opinion, maybe not this year. I know he'll have a job this year playing safety for the Giants, but in the next upcoming years, Xavier McKinney will be the best safety in the league. 
the kind of guy that's taken first off the board, top 10 round defender, uh, up there with Darius Leonard type, uh, type defender. So those players are very exciting to watch. And that's what, like, I feel like Jamal Adams has the chance to be that if he could just be in a better situation. Right. Um, and you know, it's just like, it, it, they're very exciting to watch, you know, like if Jamal Adams, if Jamal Adams shut his fucking mouth, if he shut his fucking mouth, he would be the best safety, the first safety taking overall in our fantasy draft. He he just wants to opt out of his contract early and get paid early. Just that, and that's what a lot of players have been doing. So he's like, I want to do that. Yeah, unfortunately, you get no money for being taken first in our fantasy draft. Uh, just recognition from us, which uh, unfortunately, I mean, they should want, you know, yeah. right? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. All right, let's keep this train moving. Uh, let's go to the NFC South. Shetty, do you have a player? You know, Malcolm Jenkins is just one of them. Been kind of like to me, he's been one of like this, like a Harrison Smith kind of guy. He's been pretty consistent for a few years now. Uh, he's on a good team. They do have some pretty good defensive linemen over there to put some pressure on quarterbacks. The other guy I'd say would probably be Jordan Whitehead down in the Bucks. Um, I think that they have a great pass rush as well. Um, and he should be able to um, finally capitalize off that. He wasn't great last year, but he should be able to, I think, really fit in there nicely this year if uh, Tom Brady comes in and actually put some points on the board and people have to actually drop back. And then that way they can just kind of uh, let the dogs loose and uh, go after the quarterback on the line. DBs yeah. just chop up some ducks. So Max, what do you think? Good call on Malcolm Jenkins. I did, I hadn't even realized until this past week that he signed with the saints. Um, I think that's a really good fit. That's, that's going to be great. Uh, staying on the saints. I like Marshawn Lattimore a lot. And for me, this is one of those talent, not opportunity things. He's just incredible. He gets a lot of sacks. Um, he, some of the interceptions that he pulls off, I swear, it looks like he's going to take every interception back, every single one of them. Just an incredibly athletic player. If he's able to stay healthy all season long, he's going to be fantasy relevant. Um, beyond that, Demonte Casey finally gets his own starting spot, not having to wait for somebody to get injured for him to get playing time this year. As a backup safety in 2018, he was a top 10 defensive back. Um, so he'll be relevant. And then I know you guys talked about, uh, I can't remember, was it on the D podcast that you guys talked about Antoine Winfield Jr.? Um, either way, last year in college, Antoine Winfield, uh, seven picks, three sacks, 88 tackles. I think he's still going to be relevant this year. Uh, just like every other podcast, my longest list is the NFC South. This is such a fun division from a fantasy perspective. I, I could see myself drafting three defensive backs just from this division. So uh, I, I could go on there. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk for too long about one specific division, but this is, this division is stacked from a secondary perspective and every other position, it seems like. So yeah, uh, I, NFC South. I, I think that uh, the NFC South is going to be, uh, deserving or not, uh, bumped up at every position. Um, you're going to – people are excited about the Buccaneers and move all the Buccaneers up around. People are excited about the Saints, move all the Saints up around, you know. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I'm going to talk about a Buccaneer, uh, Antoine Winfield, that you talked about before, Woodlands High School alumni. Um, 
that's i mean to me that's cool you know we haven't had a lot of, a lot of alumni i think larry is um and uh and obviously amandola plays for the for the lions um so it is cool uh he went to minnesota i think um he went there because he started uh, his life there in minnesota his dad played for the minnesota vikings moved back here lived in carlton woods um and uh you know went to high school here had had a good uh couple of years i think he was varsity sophomore through through senior year what year uh, did he graduate? uh gosh had to have been 2015 he graduated so it's not like we would have ever know yeah i know mean, i'm just curious i was like yeah, I mean, unless you follow Woodlands High School football, uh, which yeah, it's very rarely, you know, I asked Hedeman if he still does or, you know, Cameron, Cameron's family, if they still do. Apparently Cameron's dad uh, knew who he was. I had no idea until um, until I looked at uh, statistics, started doing research on Antoine Winfield. But he had arguably the best statistics on paper uh, last year for any DB now you have to also realize he's playing people like Temple and you know other Big Ten teams. But on top of what Max said, three forced fumbles, seven picks. He was their punt returner, and he had a couple punt returns for touchdowns. He's very shifty. Now, did he look like an Xavier McKinney? Did it wow me when I watched his highlights? No. I mean, you see a lot of these big-bodied Minnesota people blocking on these punt returns and just laying out these, you know lower level Wake Forest people or whatever, uh, you know, an easy run back to the end zone. Uh, it's not, you know, blowing me away. Uh, a lot of these picks are just floppy ducks thrown right to him. It's like, wow, but he got them. They were statistics. I mean, a pick is a pick and a force fumble is a force fumble. Um, but uh, take that as a grain of salt going into, uh, take that with a grain of salt going into the season uh, when you're when you're facing people like the Saints, like the Falcons, like the Panthers, uh, you're not facing Wake Forest anymore. So, so yeah, that's that's Antoine Winfield for me. I still think he's draftable, but uh, he's a low-level BB three in my book. Uh, let's move on to our last division here, the NFC West. Max, what do you got? So my favorite guy from the NFC West, I picked him up in the middle of last season. And for one reason or another, up until like week 12, Yahoo was saying, oh, he's a four-point projection. And he always blew it out of the water. And that is Taylor Rapp for the Rams. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a safety for the Rams. Partway through the season last year, he was their center field safety, and he got more playing time because Eric Weddle got injured. And as soon as that happened, he started up racking up tackles. You know, he had five weeks last season with eight or more. And I want to say all but two weeks, he had at least five tackles. Um, The guy just gets to the ball. And on top of that, you know, he, in his, even though he wasn't a starter every week, he only played in 15 of the 16 games in the fantasy season. Um, He was the 21st defensive back using our scoring last year and despite the fact that he got so many tackles he ended up with 84 tackles those only represented 61 percent of his points so to me that reads as talent not opportunity and the rams are 
and have been a good team. I think everybody expects them to win at least eight games. I think he's just really talented. He was a second round pick last year for the Rams. Um, and if he's, I mean, hell, even if he plays as good as he did last year, he's going to be fantasy relevant. I expect him to be a little bit better in his second season after having a full year in the league. Um, and I think Taylor Rapp for me is, he's, he's a dark horse candidate to be, you know, top three defensive back. He's somebody I will aggressively target. Um, aside from that, I just want to note, I like Quandre Diggs a lot. Again, it's a talent thing. It's not an opportunity because he's with Seattle, but I love the way Seattle develops their secondary. And I, I think Diggs was immensely talented with the Lions. Him being traded last season was one of the more confusing things we, we've seen. I, I didn't see a good explanation for it on ESPN, anywhere. Um, but I, he's a really talented player, and I think he'll be fantasy relevant this year too. Um, Shedig, what do you think, NFC West? One of my favorite teams is the Cardinals, just in all around for fantasy right now, and their opportunities on defense right now is just looking bigger and bigger with a strong front seven and Buda Baker having such a great year last year and Patrick Peterson still being there. If their offense can get it together and put some more points on the board and force people to throw more, they can really go after the quarterback and that'll be, I mean, it'll be easy pickings for, uh, for both of them. I, I would love to see Peterson come back on a big, big year. Uh, I think Buda Baker still also have a great year as well. So that for me is very opportunistic defense in general. Uh, the other guy, I I do love Taylor Rapp over in the Rams. I think Aaron Donald should have an, a big year to really help him, help put more pressure on the quarterback and shut down the run and make make them throw more to give him more opportunities for tackles, uh, tip passes, anything for, for him to clean up. Uh, the other guy I want to mention, although, is Bradley McDougal, uh, Dougal over in Seahawks. Uh, I think that's just one of those places, again, it's a tough place to play. Defense has always been uh, a big mindset for them. Uh, the crowd gets into it. The weather is a big factor. I think it's uh, just a lot of opportunities for uh, ducks and picks over there. Huck, how do you feel about the NFC West? So I'm going to talk about Buda Baker. Uh, last year, I don't know if y'all remember, I don't think we had any preseason podcasts or anything, but anybody who would listen, I want to talk to about Buda Baker. And Buda Baker was kind of a nobody. Uh, going into last year. I know Hedeman picked him uh, pretty pretty high. And starting week one, when we left the draft, I was uh, prodding Hedeman for Buda Baker. I mean, I'd send him trade after trade after trade after trade for a DB. I know it sounds crazy, but I was trying to pry Buda Baker out of his hands. Uh, finally, he kind of was forced to trade him to me uh, later on last year and immediately... I sent him to Cameron, which, you know, is whatever. But Buda Baker is my number one safety DB going into this year. I think that he is uh, top of my list. He should be the number one off the board. Um, if, I, if I get an opportunity to pick Buda Baker before any other DB, I will do it. So um, just throwing that out there. Uh, I think that he is the most talented and opportunistic guy that's on the board. Um, you're just going to put that out there on the airwaves like that? On the airwaves, yeah, for everybody. Uh, 104 uh, tackles, 43 tackle assists, seven tackles for loss. That's a lot of tackles for loss for a safety. Half a sack. Um, he does do have that coverage. His counting stats weren't 
especially impressive last year, but I think as time goes on um, and this team is going to be on the field a lot because I think the Cardinals are going to score a lot. Uh, Buda Baker's points can even grow from the 145.75 he had last year. Uh, I think Buda Baker is going to be an insanely productive uh, defensive back this year and is definitely uh, beyond watch because I will take him early. It's interesting that you think uh, that you think he can score more this year because their offense is going to be better. I, I would say I would expect him to score the same or more this year because he had zero picks. And more time on the field, more time on the field, putting teams in their grave so they have to throw out of it. Boom. The Cardinals. The Cardinals. Sorry. Run a very fast offense, though. Yes, they do. More time on the field for the defense. Yeah. So the Cardinals led the NFL in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks last season. You know, they, they have and nowhere to go. Yeah. And, and, well, I mean, that's transitive. You know, if they're going to allow points to quarterbacks more often than not, it's going to involve receivers, tight ends, things like that. I'm just saying it can't – like, I, the only way that they give up that many points again, the only way they are the worst in the league at doing this – is if that offense is as bad as it was last year. And I don't think it will be. I, no. I think the offense is better. I think they have more sustained drives. Yeah, but I, but think, I think adding that, people like Isaiah. Go ahead, Shady. Sorry. I think they'll put up points is all. So that'll force people to throw more. And if, when you know they're in a throwing position, their excellent defensive linemen can actually go after the quarterback, not have to worry about the run, and their, and their DBs can start hawking the ball too. Yeah, they added some pieces. They added Isaiah Simmons. They beefed up the D. Uh, and Patrick Peterson was out for four games last year uh, for a drug suspension. I think that really helps that he's uh, starting the year out at that at that corner position. So yeah, all right. Let's give the normal. Uh, give me two defensive backs, please. Don't be on my team, Shedig. You got two. Uh, one is Ha Ha Clinton Dix. He's mm-hmm. always been kind of consistent. I just think he's getting up there in years. I really don't want to take him way later in the draft. It'd be like way later. Um, mm-hmm. The other guy for me is actually Tyron Matthew. I've, I've been big on him in the years past, but I think that this is the year he's also going to start passing over uh, going, you know, on the other side of the hill there. Uh, Juan Thor- Thornhill to start picking up a lot more plays. Okay. Max? Uh, for me, please don't be on my team, Logan Ryan. Um I know that he was the number one defensive player last year. I don't think that's repeatable. I don't think – I would be surprised if he was a top 20 defensive back this year. But if other people feel the same way about him, and it's not that I don't think he's talented, I just – the way he was the number one defensive player last year, I don't think that's re- repeatable. 52% of his points were from tackles. You know, I – I think his season has fluke written all over it. And while he's still talented and still deserves the respect he's earned, the only way I draft him is if people pass on him for a very long time. Right. You know what I mean? And so I please don't be on my team, Logan Ryan. Um, my other please don't be on my team is probably Marcus Peters uh, for – I'm going to be really tempted to draft him because he's – He's good for 70 tackles, um, and he's good for a couple of picks. I just – I'm not sure I trust it. I'm not sure I trust it on Baltimore, who has a loaded, talented secondary. Um, 
And I, I think they're going to be, they're not going to be on the field very much. So if I'm drafting somebody like Marcus Peters, I'm hoping it's, he gets his points from big plays and not from anything else. And I am actively trying to avoid players like that this year. Okay. Shay, did you already say, please don't be on my team? Yeah, yeah who are your okay. two? Please my don't two. Be on. My two, please don't be on my team. Uh, one of them is Harrison Smith. Talked about it earlier. Um, if we're talking about draft capital, it's one of those things. I've actually gone deep enough to put myself in the position where it's like, would I take Harrison Smith or would I take, you know, this other defender? Would I take a kicker in this spot? Uh, and a lot of times, or, I, I, or, or my fourth wide receiver. Um, yeah. You know, what a, or a even hopefully my not my third row here, but uh, you know, would I take these people? And every time it comes up, not Harrison Smith. Now, if that kept going, then it's kind of like, oh crap, they're just they're just leaving him for me, and I have to take him. Uh, but hopefully not. Hopefully, I don't have to spend that kind of draft capital. Uh, and also, um, Tyron Matthew. You know, I, I know Tyron Matthew is a popular pick. Obviously, he's been a popular pick for a long time. But again, the safety or any NFL player arc of their career when it goes down, uh, I do not like to get people on the downward end of that. And I unfortunately think even though Tyron Matthew is going to be good, he's a good safety in real life, um, he's exciting to watch. I just don't think uh, getting him up high, and, and like I said, just like Harrison Smith in the 10th, 11th, 12th round, um, for somebody who's on the downward arc, uh, is, is what I want to do. Uh, let's move on to absolutely won't be on your team. Shetty, do you have some people that absolutely won't be on your team? Well, I mean, there's a whole lot of people that won't absolutely won't DBs, be on DBs, sir. DBs, <laughs> but I mean, it, yeah, especially DBs, that's what I'm there's a whole lot of those. Uh, I guess my two big ones, though, would be uh, Demarius Randall and Jeff Heath. Uh, for the Raiders because I don't trust anybody in Las Vegas to stay sober or COVID free. So those are my two guys that will definitely not be on my team or absolutely will not be on my team. All right, Max. Uh, so Jamal Adams will absolutely not be on my team under any circumstances. I drafted Antonio Brown last year and I lived through that. Hey, he's, not, he's just unretired. You, you know, know what? Draft- I'm not doing. He's I'm, he's, I'm he's retired and unretired twice this offseason. I am oh, still time. My team is now avoiding as many off the field issues as we possibly can, especially in a COVID season. Like I, I'm I'm not touched. I understand he's he's was my Madden safety that carried my franchise whenever we all started one together. I understand yeah. he might be the most talented defensive back in the league, but it's not worth the headache. It's not worth using frequent moves on a defensive back. I, I won't do it. Um, the other guy that will not be on my team, and I bear no ill will towards him, but Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. I think uh, every year Richard Sherman starts to lose a step, and I think he makes up for it with the fact that, you know, he's got pretty incredible instincts. He's still a great football player, but for our purposes, um, doesn't get tackles. And – I think he will still get a one or two pick sixes next year. Not something I'm counting on. I want weekly production. And if you're only going to end the season with 30 or 40 tackles, and even if it comes with five picks, two fumbles, forced, two touchdowns, I don't want it. I don't want it because I can't guarantee that that pick six or that that big blow up game 
happens week 14 when I need it. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. might happen week five whenever I already put up 215. You know, it's a, I want to control what I can control. And with players like Sherman, where their fantasy season is made on a week or two, I don't want to touch it. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. We, yeah. I, I, the players that I definitely won't have on my team, number one is every corner in the NFL. Uh, I will not draft him. I will not count picking him up. Obviously, you can't just say, oh, you're a corner, but you're getting 10 points a game. No, sir. Not allowed on sex raptor. No, I will pick one up. Um, I'm just not going to try to guess which ones are good and which ones are bad. Um, and also Jamal Adams. I'm not going to mess with it. Uh, you know, just like Max said, um, that's not worth the headache. It will be worth the headache to somebody who's not listening to this podcast or hasn't followed the news. I'm sure Hedeman uh, or, or Brad or somebody – uh, we'll go out there and, and grab him in the ninth or 10th round and think they got a absolute diamond until they realize, uh, you know, he's, he hates his coach and uh, we're at his whole team. So anyway. So uh, uh, moving on, uh, do, do we have an update on the Constitution? We do. Um, uh, we do have an update on the Constitution. I am working on it. So this is not an easy thing to do I realize it's not just writing down um, you know situations or whatever there's a million different situations in our league that can happen there's a million every time I think I have everything recorded for trades I realize a holy shit Brad tried to trade Deshaun Watson after he played on a Thursday night let me come up and try to prevent that Um, I'm trying to think of every different situation that could possibly happen, even if it hasn't happened yet. Um, so I'm trying to get it in writing, but it will be in your email inbox uh, by the time uh, you uh, the lottery is picked. And by the time the first game is played, uh, we will have it ratified. So we can go back and forth on any complaints, um, but you will have a chance to uh, weigh in on it and, uh, and we can get it signed. Um, by, uh, by week one. I think, uh, I think I speak for everybody when I say uh, we appreciate and thank you all the work, for all the hard work and do it. I know that like uh, it's not easy. A lot of us are uh, kind of uh, bickering assholes when it comes to some certain things. So, you know, there's can be different uh, opinions about everything, but it's really uh, what it comes down to is what's fair to everybody. And this will help uh, just kind of let set down the rules and it'll be, uh, I think it's, you know, only because we've been together as a league for so long, something that's kind of almost necessary and uh, feel brings it to a more uh, solidified state for as a uh, fantasy football league. Right. Right. Yep. 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 I will um, definitely have it for y'all. So what's our schedule Speaking. look like the next couple of weeks? That's exactly what I was going to talk about. So we are going to have a podcast for, for the next two weeks up until the draft and we'll have podcasts post that but i wanted to talk to you guys i would like to have a uh, a winner circle podcast where we have uh you know people that have all won so we can talk about you know things that winners talk about uh trophies <laughs> women money is this not the winner circle podcast <laughs> <laughs> well we have I mean, all won but uh i have as many trophies as both you combined so um, you know, I don't, it, there are different levels of winning, 
but we we can all be on a podcast. Understood. This is this is the dick measuring podcast. Apparently, it's not the winner's yes. circle. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Well, that's like, what I'm just two, two of my first round picks last year don't get injured, and I have a whole different year. But okay. you know, we'll you still don't have more pocket. Even if you win, you still have tied with me. Anyway, um, I'd like to have a uh, a, uh, a record podcast where we refresh. Um, Everybody going into the season on who holds what records, uh, whether they be good or bad. So maybe I could collaborate with some of our statistical people, Neil and Cause, uh, and maybe Max, and we can try to uh, come up with some of these because some of these are really fun to think about um, and really fun to look back on. I know Neil was reminiscing on all of his uh, championship losses that he has, and and uh, Yahoo has been has been gracious enough to um, grant us the, uh, the specific statistical breakdowns and the points for those that, and I know they haven't been able to do that in the past. So, um, so yeah, that's, those are my suggestions. Do y'all have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts? Um, I liked the idea of a, uh, of a lottery pod. I'm not sure that that's possible given. Yeah. You know, well, everybody... why don't we push that back? What the lottery pot? I don't know. I know me and you voted uh, for it to to have it, but Shetty, tell me why you voted that way. Well, to me, it was just to me the lottery about the draft weekend. You do we did it all together, and obviously this year it's different. Uh, but it was something about all everybody being together, and then that night, you know, you finally find out, you know, if you're in the lottery, you finally find out your picks because that's what happened to me last year. It was like a mad rush. I was like, oh, okay, this is what pick I have. Mm-hmm. So I want the people in the lottery this year to go through that same mad rush, ah, that sense okay. of and fear, and like, okay, I've got like 14 hours until the draft starts. Like, let's let me see if I want to wheel and deal real quick. And if you do, you got to do it fast. So, so, so fuck me, fuck you, kind of. Oh, well, I got fucked last year. Yeah, That's what yeah. I'm okay, I, I, I can, I can respect year. that. What name in the hat? No, no. So didn't. I don't want you two weeks to have that. Now, granted, I would love. For you to have two weeks, just to have a little more time to trade, but at the same time, to the fear, the adrenaline, the, the blood rush. No, I want you to have that. Yeah. I will say with COVID-19 and the lack of sports, I know baseball picked up today and we got, you know, soccer picking up and golf is going on and you got some other sports, but uh, with the lack of, uh, you know, actual concrete sports, we are hungry for anything and the lottery would bring uh, some great excitement uh, there's going to be no preseason games, so we won't actually see uh, any actual football on the field um, until early September, which is a month away. So um, as, as close as we are to the draft, um, it is it, we are still a little uh, pretty far from, from actual football being played. So, so let's try to keep up the excitement, keep up the, keep up the, uh, the talk, and and we'll have some some exciting stuff planned for you uh, coming up. Uh, what I did want to do um, is we have a new sponsor for the podcast, so I wanted to uh, to bring on our sponsor. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Zelensky Auto Parts. America, if you need starters, spark plugs, ball joints, gaskets, camshafts, U joints, or rocker arms. Anything that can be screwed or glued to that car, truck of yours, come see all right. You want a guarantee? I got a guarantee stepped on every box, but more important is the guarantee I make to the American worker. 
I want your truck to help you get the job done. I want your cruiser to get out there safely so you can clean up the streets. And I want your kids to be safe when you take them for a ride. Thanks, Ray. Thank you, son. The name's Zelensky. I make car parts for the American working man because that's what I am. And that's who I care about. All right. Okay. Yeah. So thank you, Zelensky Auto Parts. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Shedig. Thank you, everybody listening. We will see you guys next week when we talk about, I don't even know yet. We'll see. You know, it could be about uh, COVID uh, eligible players. <laughs> COVID eligible players, maybe. We'll you know, see. After August 1st, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, not that that's important. If you're not listening to this, don't worry about that. All the Brads <laughs> of the world, just, you know, just go ahead and don't listen to that list and draft away. All right. Cue the music. Yeah. Yeah. Make, make, make.